Welcome. You are listening to the Rising Tide Leadership Podcast, where each week we will simplify the complexities of your leadership journey. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Rising Tide Leadership Podcast. My name is Amber Jordan, and I am here with Dr. Michael David Morales, aka Mo. How's it going today, Mo? Doing really well this fine morning, Amber. It's uh, good to chat with you, and it's good to be here with everybody uh, listening out there. Yeah, I'm really excited about our topic today. Our topic is going to be developing a leadership lens. Because you ended our podcast last episode with the statement to our listeners, you want to understand your leadership lens. You need to start viewing things with the lens of a leader. And you said this, everything that you see needs to be seen through the lens of leadership. So before we can dive into these statements and and talk about developing a leadership lens, help us understand what is a leadership lens? Well, that's like one of my favorite questions of all time because when I first heard about this concept, it was mind-blowing and life-changing and all the above. So all of us have a certain way that we view life. For instance, you have three daughters, so one could successfully argue, probably, that you see life through the lens of a mother, not just a mother, but you are a mom, so that's part of your lens, your lens of life. And there's really no other way because that's who you are. and. Of course, you know, these change the way you make decisions, the way you live your daily life. As you uh, have told me many times, your life revolves around your girls because it kind of has to, right? And in that particular case, um, you wanted kids, so you decided that you wanted to change your lens, even though you may not have thought of it that way. And so the same thing goes for everything else in life. A lot of the way that we see the world is based on relationships that we have, where we decide to work, our greater goals and ambitions, et cetera, et cetera. And so this is where the leadership lens comes in. When I was working with Kevin Cobb years ago, and I was a young intern at the time, fresh out of high school, I had a certain lens of life. I was a high school kid, very self-centered. The world revolved around me. Just think of any high school kid that you know right now, and even though I love them to death, and that's why I hang out with high school kids uh, and want to give to them, I had a certain way of viewing life. I'd grown up to that point to be part of different sports, activities. My family was a certain kind of upbringing. I was also the oldest of two boys in my family, and for any of you older siblings out there, brothers specifically, you know what I'm talking about. And here's the thing, Amber, I never had a sister. So I don't understand this this phenom called females. You all really (laughs) just boggle the mind. And so as you can imagine, my lens of a sibling and sibling life was very different than somebody who, say, grew up with sisters uh, or brothers or brothers and sisters or maybe even grew up as an only child. So you probably see where I'm going with this. And one of the most important lessons that I learned from Kevin early, early on was that if I wanted to become a leader, I was going to have to need to change the way that I viewed not just part of my life, but all of life. And he told me that I had to change not who I was, 
because he would never do that, of course. And, and we're all unique in the fact that God has made us a specific way. But what Kevin was saying was that if I wanted to become someone who influenced others in a positive way, that I would have to start thinking differently. And Kevin called this the leadership lens. So, okay. So what I think I'm hearing you say is that our lens is the way that we view the world and the way we view the world should change when we decide to be a leader. Is, is that fair to say? Definitely fair. Okay. So, but in de developing a leadership lens, is that something that happens instinctually or something that you have to choose to develop? Because like you said, I'm a mom. And so, you know, let's say somebody messed with my kids. I, I didn't have, I don't have to stop and think, hmm, how do I view this situation through the lens of a mom? No, mama bear just acts instinctively, right? So is a leadership lens something that is instinctive or is it something that you have to choose and if you have to choose it if it's a choice then why is making that choice so important the short answer to that is we're going to have a whole podcast uh part of our series on that and that's really the law of intuition and the law of intuition would say that those kind of responses that you talked about the the mama bear instinct, if you will, is built in. And it's when you became a mom, you were automatically going to have that, but you also learned to do that as well. And so you became intuitive with that. That became an intuitive part of your life. You probably like my mom had, you have uh, eyes on the, on the back of your head when your daughters come in and say, hey mom, and they're out of the picture completely, you can tell in their voice if there's something maybe that they need to tell you that they aren't telling you, right? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, it is a choice. Um, some things are not a choice, but for, for this, uh, when we're talking about the lens today, the leadership lens, this would be a choice. And it's important um, to answer your question because the way that we view life depends on all those activities that we engage in. I just talked about some of them and we're all defined partially by those kind of activities, the people that we associate with. So think of it this way. If I wanted to be an influencer of others and for those of you out there, when I say influencer, I'm not talking about a social media influencer. That's the big term now. And as soon as that came out, Amber, let me just tell you, I was livid. I was red hot. I'm thinking, Oh man, now we have to deal with this, this inclination that when you talk about influencer, I'm talking about a social media influencer. No, I'm talking about influence to the very core. Now, those on social media can be influencers, but when I say influence, I'm talking about a positive influence in a way that you would give to others. So I wanted to be an influencer of others. Kevin knew that, I, and he knew that I was going to have to change the way that I looked at life because, remember, I was young. I was raw. I had a lot that I needed to work on. And you have to see this, that leaders give up rights for responsibility. That's the first part of the leadership lens. Mm -hmm. Let's leaders, say that again. Say that again. Yeah. Leaders give up rights for responsibility. When you become a leader, and again, this is a whole nother podcast, but you give up your right to complain. 
Don't whine. Don't complain. Don't make excuses. It's over. When I'm looking for the leader in the room, Amber, if somebody gives me an excuse, I look at that person and I say, that's not the leader. Leaders don't make excuses. Leaders make it happen. And so as soon as you decide to be a leader, you give up the right, not just to that, but to a lot of stuff. And as you know, there are a lot of rules within uh, what you and others call the most spectrum of philosophy <laughs> that you and I have focused on right over the past couple of years. Yeah. yeah. So if somebody, if somebody's thinking about their lens and hopefully they're listening and they're thinking, okay, so do I have a leadership lens? What if they determine, I don't know if I do, or you know what, maybe I really don't. Is it something that anyone can develop? Yeah, I think you can. It, it really just takes a willingness and you have to decide to go um, further into the into the leadership uh, journey. And you have to ask yourself, um, do I want to uh, do I want to view life through that leadership lens? And so I guess the short answer to that is yes. But the long answer is that if you're willing to take here it is the next 20 years to change, then <laughs> <laughs> Aren't you encouraged, Amber? If you want to take the next 20 years of your life to change the way you think, you can definitely change the way that you're thinking. Uh, that question or statement still gives me chills like the first time you said it. 20 years. Because I, like so many of our listeners, probably, I, I grew up constantly hearing that I was a leader. I even, you know, use the phrase, I'm not bossy, I'm a leader. <laughs> because I'd heard so often that, you know, I'm a leader, I'm a, you're a leader, I really need you to be a leader in this situation, that kind of thing. So, you know, I just thought, hey, I was born a leader. All I have to do maybe is add a few tips or tricks, but you know, bam, natural born leader. Until the day that you flat out said to my face, you are not a leader, at least, I'm not seeing you act like one. And I, I, there was probably a long silent pause because I was probably trying to exercise self-control, but I was mad. Like, what do you mean? I'm, I'm a natural born leader. Everyone thinks that I'm a leader, but you followed up that long pause with, but you can be a really good leader if you are willing to work through the process for the next 20 years which is not a good sales pitch, by the way. <laughs> I, you know, I want to be a good leader today. And I think our listeners are like, I, I'm on my way to work listening to this podcast. I need something that's going to help me be a good leader today. But even by you saying that statement to me, it changed the way I started to view my responsibility as a leader and how I be, and it began to change my perspective on the entire leadership process. But I couldn't have seen it without you pointing it out to me because I, I was seeing things through a different type of lens. I thought it was leadership, but it wasn't. So what are some other lenses that people commonly mistake for a leadership lens? That's probably one of the biggest things that people do is mistake a different lens for what they would think is a leadership lens. And it's important to know that as a leader, the most important thing is 
to be intentional about the way that you do uh, life and do things in life. One of those lenses that is most commonly, commonly mistaken as a leadership lens is what I like to call the manager lens or the managerial lens. And if you think about this, somebody might think he is a leader, but he's really just a manager. I would say that more often than not, uh, when I'm talking to clients, they think they're leaders and they really want to lead people. But in reality, they're just at living at the, the manager level or what I like to call seeing life through the manager lens, lens, which means this, just because people listen to you and do what you say, Amber, doesn't mean that you're a leader, right? We talk about this all the time. The difference between yeah. management and leadership has been written about for years. In fact, Peter Drucker, one of the greatest uh, managers and leaders of all time, said once that we manage numbers, but we lead people. But unfortunately, Amber, most people in positions of influence are living in what John Maxwell calls the lowest level of leadership or positional leadership. So I guess really the next question that most people ask me about whether they're leading or managing is, well, then what do I do to move from one to the other, Mo? And I often explain it in the abstract, like, right, so many things that we talk about, Amber, are talked about in the abstract. <laughs> but for the sake of time, I would say, here's the short answer. When people start coming to you, meaning whoever, if you're listening to this podcast, when people start coming to you about something that has nothing to do with your work relationship, then you're on the precipice of influence and leadership. For instance, if you're a manager, let's say uh, Amazon, right? Everybody is is getting stuff from Amazon right now. It's the, it's the season. We're all trying to get our mad dash of presents for the. And let's say say your main job there is to run the shipping and boxing piece of the operation. So that's what you do every day. You have to make sure that people listen to you and do things the way that you want them to, because you need things done expediently. Now, of course, I'm not part of Amazon, so I really don't know if this is even a job, but let's just say it is. When one of your employees comes to you and asks for relationship advice on uh, how they can be a better father to their kid or they really need you to talk to them because they know that you have spoken about your kids and you seem like you know what you're talking about and now you have the relationship over time and they want you to walk them through maybe a specific situation in life then you can safely say that you're at least probably in a position to move to that next level of leadership. Interesting. But how do you, how would I know if somebody is not just coming to me because I just happen to be the only person around? How do I, how do I know that that's an indicator of moving to the next level of leadership? Yeah, that's a great question. And really, unfortunately, you don't know. Right. That's part of the intuition piece. And maybe we need to tackle the law of intuition sooner than later, because I think a lot of people get frustrated because they want to be intuitive with this kind of stuff. They want to know. But either way, um, that's where it gets into the abstract. You see, when people continue to come to you for that stuff, that's non-work related, they, they continue to come. Then you can figure, OK, I think they're asking for my influence. But the problem is that most people meaning the leaders, right? Because every, everything is, is the leader's uh, responsibility. 
not very many managers or positional leaders get to the relationship phase, especially with employees, because they think they need to have this barrier. And yes, there are barriers. There is black and white. There is a gray. You need to learn how to live within all of it. The reason being is that managers are managers because they're hired to be productive. That There's nothing wrong with that. And when production, production is your number one goal and you're under the thumb of superiors and anything else gets in the way. And it could threaten my livelihood because I need to get things done. You see where, where I'm going with this? Yeah. Yeah. So it's when somebody <clears throat> in that shipping and boxing manager's position sees that there's a potential to influence somebody that he's given the opportunity to experience real leadership. The problem is that most of us see those kind of interactions with, with our employees or subordinates or people that report to us as menial. As cumbersome. Mm -hmm. The real reason being is how many managers really care about their people? And I, and I hate to say it that way. And it's not that you are a mean, it's not like you're, you're, a, you're, you're a rotten one, Mr. Grinch, right? But, <laughs> but you have to, you have to put food on your table. You, you're, you're there to, to do a job. And so it's, it's tough, Amber, but <clears throat> it's reality. And, and, and I'll, let me close this point with this, is that all of us view life in terms of what we can get from other people. And I hate to say it that way, but it's true. We're selfish, right? <laughs> We're selfish <laughs> beings. And that's why we have to be very specific about changing the way that we view life and realizing that we want to influence and lead people for the simple fact that we can make their lives better. We need to give knowing that we're never going to be able to receive. And for the sake of making this point and driving it home, let's just take that shipping and boxing manager and his employee uh, that came to him for parental advice, no matter what, no matter what happens in that interaction, that manager probably is and is, is not going to get any direct payment for giving that advice, right? That's just pretty much doing something out of the goodness of, of their dumb old heart. <laughs> but with people, that's enough. And that's what moves you to the next level of leadership. And that's what lets you start seeing things, Amber, through a leadership lens. That's so good. And really, you know, it, it's challenging because most managers were probably hired and put in the position that they were in because they were really good at the task part. But it's learning how to still work in those strengths of being great at the task but starting to make people a priority and realizing that you can get so much more done together than you know than you can individually or if everyone feels like an individual rather than a part of a team so that's so good but with that in mind then we're going to talk about how to be intentional about developing a leadership lens it's not just oh, okay i know i need to develop one but about how do we actually be intentional about developing? And there's probably a lot of ways to do this, but for the sake of time, what are three ways that you see, Mo, that we can develop a leadership lens? I've got three things that I do, and they're all very close, and they actually build off each other. So the most important part is this the first thing is to become leader or i'm sorry become others focused 
you need to become others focused. Meaning if you're the, the CEO of a major company or uh, um, if you are influencing young people in sport like I do every day or anything in between, I always tell people that the first action that they need to take if they want to change the way that they see life and begin to see everything through a leadership lens is to do this, become leaders focused. And that's pretty much what Kevin taught me to do ever since I knew him, ever since the beginning. And he didn't just teach me this, but he really modeled it. No matter what we did, Kevin was always having the best interest of his people, including me and mine. Um, and he failed like the rest of us, and he definitely wasn't purpose, but he did live in a state of excellence. And, um, you know, we, we followed his direction. We followed his vision because we knew that above all else, he had our best interest in mind. And this was important because when I worked for him, we had a ministry of hundreds of kids, dozens of staff members and volunteers. And try running an organization where nobody actually really works for you and nobody really gets paid or has to listen to you, right? They can leave at any time. Well, that's the definition of leadership. People have to be able to grab onto your vision. And of course, um, that's a discussion that we're going to have on a later podcast. But for the sake of this discussion, if you wanted to be a part of Kevin's staff back in the day, or even today, I'm sure, you had to put others first. Every decision was made with the best interests of the students in mind because the students really and their parents, they were the client through that ministry. We were mm -hmm. serving them. And that's why he was so adamant about stipulations and what it took to be a part of his staff and, and what he wanted you to view life as. And you would be amazed at how much time and effort college students, parents, anybody else, people that didn't even have kids in the church, they wanted to be a part of the ministry. They wanted to sacrifice themselves so that they could give to others. And there was really nothing tangible that any of us got back. But instead, Amber, it was the intangibles and the relationships that any of those people on staff, including myself, would say about back in the day is that those relationships with those kids and each other, for that matter, were and are to this day priceless. Yeah, th those re relationships really are priceless. And when you're a leader, not only do you get to experience those types of relationships, you actually get to create opportunities for other people to build and experience those relationships, which is both an incredible opportunity and an incredible responsibility. So one thing we can do to develop this leadership lens is to become others focused. But what's something else that we can do? Okay, so once you decide to become others focused, then you take the next step, which is to think of yourself less. That's the second thing. Think of yourself less. And I love what C.S. Lewis once said, which is uh, humility is not thinking less of yourself, but it's thinking of yourself less. I'll say it one more time. C.S. Lewis said that humility, it's not thinking less of yourself, but thinking of yourself less. And I would say that's really at the core of leadership. Kevin never wanted any of us to think less of ourselves, but he did want us to think of ourselves less. We needed to always think about the kids and their parents and the ministry and everything that had that went into that. And we're so busy doing life. We're so busy with our own families. We're so busy doing all the things in our lives 
that we are focused on ourselves, but when we give ourselves to a cause, all of that shifts from ourselves to others. And for us, it was when we started leading and investing into these young people, we really didn't have much time to think of anything else. I mean, our, our volunteer leaders, Amber, back in the day, were at church or with their small group of kids, sometimes four and five days a week. Could you imagine that? I mean, try spending three, four, five nights a week at, at, at church or um, even if it's not a church, uh, a YMCA or whatever, you know, to putting into other people, knowing that you were doing all of this stuff in the name of giving to others and you're not going to get anything back from these, these people. You're <laughs> giving because it's the right thing to do because it gives you a feeling of satisfaction. And that's really what each of the people on our staff did. They were selfless. They always gave of themselves. And here's the thing, they never expected anything in return. They just wanted more influence. Wow, that's amazing. And and it's a good thing they weren't expecting anything because especially when you work with junior high and high school students, um, you may not see a return on that investment. <laughs> <laughs> anytime soon. But um, but that really is the selflessness of that kind of giving and volunteering, which is uh, which is amazing. And we need more people that are willing to do that for our young people. But thinking of yourself less and being others focused sound pretty similar. So can you can you explain to us what the difference is? Yeah, there's it's it's not really as much a difference as it is one compounds on the other. You have to want to think of yourself less before, uh, I'm sorry, you, you have to want to become others focused to be able to think of yourself less. And let me ask you a question. Uh, you, Amber, are a youth pastor. And so what are some of the things that you ask people in your sphere of influence to give up so that they can be a part of ministry? Yeah, really, honestly, it, it, it comes down to time in a lot of ways because I've noticed a trend when recruiting volunteers in church. It's we phrase it in a way of, oh, this is going to take up hardly any of your time. Just if you'll just give us one one hour a week or even one Sunday a month or something like that, we we try to package it in a way of this is going to be so insignificant. You might as well give it. Um, but something you taught me was really to raise the bar and to cast vision. No, the lives of these students the relationships that we're trying to cultivate so we can have any amount of influence in them. Because again, they're not going to listen to what we say. They're going to listen to what we've modeled in their life and the, the time that we've put into them. That's what's going to make the difference. So raising the bar and saying, hey, I'd love for you to be a part of this team. It's going to take a lot of time. We're going to have meetings. We're going to read books together. You're going to feel like you are here all the time but you're going to change the lives of the students in this church and the students and the lives of the students that we haven't even met yet. The friends in their schools, we're going to begin to see things change. It, are you willing to give that amount of time? And it, you know, it, people get scared at first. It's like, wow, uh, that sounds like a really big deal, but they can't get away from the fact that, yeah, I want to change lives. 
I want to make a difference. I don't want to be a part of something that eh, is so insignificant. I can maybe throw an hour here and there. And so I think that's the thing that I learned. And as soon as I started doing that, I saw people who had no time, who could never show up when they were scheduled, even though it was only twice a month, all of a sudden give up so much of their extracurricular activities, the other things in church that they were volunteering doing and saying, I want to give all of my time and energy to this one thing and do it well. And that was, that was really significant. And because it, it makes a difference, it makes a difference in those that are giving, they want to know, I, if I give this, is it going to matter? And so helping them understand, yeah, I'm going to ask for a big commitment, but it's going to make a big difference. That's really important. So, okay, well, we are getting close to being out of time, but quickly, there's a third thing that we wanted to cover today. And I think we kind of led into it, but what is the third thing that you think helps us develop a leadership lens? Well, I think that you just talked about that uh, on accident right there, which is this. <laughs> you have to make it a way of life. Once you become others focused and you start thinking uh, of yourself less, then you make it a way of life. And you, like you just said right there, Amber, that there comes a point where people just realize I can't just give one or two hours a week. In fact, uh, it's kind of funny. I, I take the exact opposite. I, I ask somebody to say, are you sure you want to do this? Are you sure you want to be a part of this team? Because I'm going to take all your time. I'm going to take all your money. I'm going to take all your resources. And I'm not going to feel bad about it because I'm not even going to get any of it. It's going to go to our kids. And you know, people say they come back and they accept the challenge. And they're like, well, yeah, well, I, I have a cabin up in the woods. And I'm like, good, we're going to use it. And they're like, good. And I'm like, good. <laughs> you know, so... You know, so people want, they want something bigger, right? I mean, they'll do, they'll bend over backwards. They'll, 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 they'll storm, they'll storm castles for a cause. And Amber, that's what you do well. That's how you changed from managing your staff that I saw within, within a couple very short years to leading a staff and having people say, Amber, what more can I do? What more can I do? And what you got better at is is you stop being uh, being apologetic for asking people to do more, and yeah. because come on, let, let, let's let, for everybody out there that's listening, a Amber is an eight on the Enneagram, so she's a challenger. So you know what I had to teach her, and we're gonna have a whole Enneagram series. But I said, Amber, yeah. stop being a liar. We know you want to <laughs> challenge these people. Live in your strengths. Live in your personality. Just just do it. And so I would say you need to make this a way of life. And, and really that's the essence of changing your whole perspective on life, Amber, is starting to view everything through the leadership lens. I can't even really remember who said it, but one of my favorite sayings even to this day is, you can fool your superiors, but you can't fool your subordinates or something <laughs> like that. But the message being this, I never really liked uh, the phrase at all, fake it till you make it. I mean, yeah, you have to believe in yourself and do your best. And sometimes you have to prove to other people that even though you haven't achieved something that you can achieve it. But I think that's not anything more than believing in yourself and knowing that you're able to do something, if that makes any sense. But uh, I say all this because if you want to be a leader, if you want 
to, um, to, 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 to care about your people, um, you have to be intentional about it because your people aren't dumb. They're going to know and they're going to find out real quick if you really mean the things that you say. And if you're more focused on, let's say, keeping your job or um, building your own reputation or the way that you look um, or trying to get ahead of, of other people at work, your people that, that report to you, they're going to see that. And if Kevin had worked that way, I would have seen it. People on staff would have seen it. The volunteer leaders would have seen it. And here's it. And, and here's the scary thing. The kids would have seen it. Man, kids are brutal. That's why I love junior high kids. I mean, they just, they tell you how it is, right? Yeah. And so, but that wasn't the case with Kevin. Um, we all knew that he really cared. He practiced what he preached. It was a way of life. So the question really is this today, Amber, and this is the main question. Are you willing to change your viewpoint so that seeing life through a leadership lens is a way of life for you? Wow, I really like that. What you do and who you are have to match, right? So it's not just about how you view leadership, it's how you do leadership, but how you do leadership really does depend on how you view it. They go hand in hand, which makes developing our leadership lens so important. So that that is really good stuff. Well, that brings us to the end of this episode. So before we go, any final thoughts for us today, Mo? Yeah, I would say this. If you are not viewing life <clears throat> through a leadership lens and you're thinking, Mo, these things just seem totally asinine. Yeah, yes, they are. But leadership is <laughs> asinine, right? Leadership is 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 continually giving and giving and giving. And people are like, well, you know, there's, you know, if I keep giving, then I'm going to burn out and all that kind of stuff. And don't worry, we're, we're going to hit all that stuff. But just do this for now, for those of you who are listening out there. Just start making subtle changes so that you could start viewing life through a leadership lens. Start thinking about others and everything that you do. Uh, start thinking of yourself less, and that's tough to do uh, uh, most of the year. But you know, towards the end of the year, when we're giving gifts for Christmas and all that kind of stuff, it gets a little bit easier. Just learn to live every day like that, and that's when you'll start to make it a way of life. Well, that's so good. So everybody, we have come to the end of this episode. Thank you so much for listening to the Rising Tide Leadership Podcast. We hope that you will join us next week as we continue on this leadership journey together. You can also find us at risingtideleadership.com. So don't forget to like and subscribe so you don't miss out and share with others so they don't miss out. We'll see you next week.